History babes. We're back <laughs> at long last. It's been a while. It, hiatus. It feels like it's <laughs> been ninety-three years. Yeah. Ninety-three years. It has been <laughs> the longest November of my entire I life. I think I have more white hairs now, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and no, it's been a very long time. Um, friends, we've uh we don't talk about it often. But we do talk about it. We are grad students. And it's been a really troublesome <laughs> and trying quarter. And um, we're all in our process of proposing our theses. Woo! Our lovely Ginny has already had her committee meeting. How great for her. <laughs> and uh, Nat, Corey, and I are still getting everything together for our proposal meetings. So wish us luck. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. You you will hear about the whole process as we construct our theses. Sure. I'm sure. Oh, we'll be talking about it. We will we'll be <laughs> crying about it. We will have things to say. We'll be ranting and raving about it. But yeah, so we've been wrapping up our fall quarter of our second year of grad school, which you know has been full of papers and theses stuff and grading and all mm. kinds of things. And then on top of it, uh. add the weight of the world <laughs> because God. uh the unthinkable happened. Yeah. Well last they heard from us we were still full of optimism. <laughs> yes. We were so young and foolish. And naive. Uh, we had you know, no idea. I just wanna get this out of the way. I, I need to apologize because in that episode I was very like um it's never going to happen. He's never going to be president. That's insane. Come on. And I was very much, um, I was, I was so a hundred percent convinced you that were Hillary not the was going to win. By and right. And like, I just, I remember being very adamant in that episode about like, no, you guys, Stop freaking out. It's not going to happen. And then the night of the election, we were all over at Ginny's house and we were just watching those numbers and the nights turned it off really fun. We're all drinking wine. We ordered Thai food yeah. to be delivered. Yeah, yeah. And... We're eating our pad thais and we're just watching these numbers and we're watching the country turn redder and redder. <laughs> And redder, and to, I think at some point I was on the floor and was like, what's happening? And um, it happened. It happened. And we have all been doing our best to deal with it, but, like, not to sugarcoat anything. It, this, yeah. like, this wasn't, like, this hasn't been something that uh, any of us have just, like, dusted off. Like, the next day, I remember very vividly, we were all... Fucking wrecks. Yeah. Crying. Hungover. We all wore black the next day. Yes. Right. In the morning. I remember, like, because um, I had to go to the class that I TA for, and the students had to ask me some questions, and I remember I looked at one of my students in the eyes, and I was like, I really don't care about anything right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, like, 100% honest with them, and I was like, email me, and I will help you out, but, like, I, I don't have right anything now. right now. I nearly cried in front of my students. I did cry. Yeah. I had to teach section at 9 in the morning. Not only was I painfully hungover, because once I... <laughs> Yeah. Noticed um, that the country was going to hell. <laughs> I um, just proceeded to get like completely hammered, and I had to teach at nine in the morning. <laughs> and I was oh, it was really bad. And I was in my section, and I showed up, and I just not only was I hungover, but I was also very puffy faced because I was crying all night, and all of my students were miserable and yeah. we were supposed to talk about I think like Greek bases or something and and I told them I said we're not gonna talk about this shit mm. so let's just talk about how we feel and, and class fittingly we were talked time. about anti-utopias oh. wow 
that's great. the dystopian See, future. It wasn't dystopian. Dystopian would have been better, but it was an <laughs> anti-utopia, which is yeah, so yeah, cool. interesting. That, that at least there there were like a few parts where I can make like snide comments, and that was <laughs> that, that was, was a relief. Yeah, it was really hard to be in a position of some kind of authority over a group of people who are just a couple of years younger than me who were asking me questions about, you know, um, what's going to happen now or what do you think is going to happen? I had one student ask me, do you think I'm going to get deported? Because she's a AB540 student. She's a dreamer. And so those are undocumented students that go to um, the university that we go to. And um, I just didn't know what to say i was yeah. like no i don't think you will be i think that everything's gonna be fine and i also don't know didn't know. I, know. I, was yeah. like, I, I was like everything's gonna be fine you're not gonna get deported don't worry about that and inside though i was like i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah those are the kinds of questions now that we're already being asked and now it's like way more real mm-hmm. these questions that are like wow my mom is like our boy Hassan. <laughs> Hassan Minaj. <laughs> we will be seeing. Yeah. You your ticket? I oh, haven't. We'll do that after this episode. We need yeah. to buy our tickets. Hassan Minaj. He's a correspondent on The Daily Show and an amazing, campus. amazing man. You should look him up if you haven't ever heard of him or watched anything that he's done. But um, yeah, he was on The Daily Show like the next day and his mom, who's Muslim, was back in um, visiting, I think he said visiting family. And she was in India and she was like, I'm scheduled to come back in February. Do you think I can get back in the country? And he was just like, I honestly don't know. I couldn't tell her like, yeah, of course, of course you can. And that's, I think, been what has been the most disheartening and just very um, disappointing Mm -hmm. and sad that now those questions, um, you know, they're no longer just kind of rhetorical or like, depending on what happens. But it's, it's a real concern for many, many people in this country now. I think, like, what's been really just so hard and, like, weighty and just, like, hurts is how empowered so many horrible people feel now. Yes. Like, the, that's not me saying everyone who voted for Trump is a horrible person. That's not me saying that at all. Mm. But it is me saying that a lot of people that believe very racist, very horrible things now feel empowered by Yes, They feel feel justified in their hatred because they think that the majority of the country agrees with them. Even those people who voted for Trump and don't agree. And even though a majority of the country doesn't because Hillary won by Mm 2.5 million more votes. Just going to throw that out there. (laughs) In case you haven't heard, which I'm sure all of our listeners have have heard yeah it's beyond that now they're justified now they are essentially it's like giving a green light yeah it's giving a green light to all and those people all those people who are secret racists because let's just get this out there people who are racist and misogynist know that that's a shitty way to be and they kind of try to like hide it well, up a until little bit. recently right yeah, exactly. exactly but i'm thinking of um just like the way that people will carry on like arguments online and stuff mm-hmm. a lot of the time i feel like i've encountered just personally yeah. people who carry very troublesome views about women or black people, or Muslims, or Mexicans, or whatever it is, gay people, lesbian people, whatever it might be, there are people who will talk about their prejudice, but will try to conceal it in these very nuanced ways where they really rely on semiotics to, Mm -hmm. like, disguise how they feel, really. And now, because we have a racist misogynist as our president, these people are are now given a green light. And I think that what we're going to see over the next four years will be way more blatant, open racism and misogyny and just hate. So just to give you guys an example, this isn't anyone that I know, but this is exactly what Jen was just talking about. A friend of mine posted a screenshot of this comment that someone wrote and the friend of mine was calling them out for their hate speech and talking about and basically using this as an example 
of everything we've just said about the, right. the, the bigger issue on like a societal level. This guy, I won't say his name, although I'd love to put this person on blast. <laughs> Liberals will continue to cry like the little bitches they have always been. It would be a great start if Julio Cortez Dorito Del Nacho Chavez oh and his illegal God. family were all sent back to Mexico and Kuntisha Jig Jackson and his tribe were sent back to Africa and send all liberals to Canada. Wait, Canada won't allow them in their country. Mexico is so much better, they say, waving the Mexican flag and stomping on the American flag so they should just move to Mexico. That makes me... Um, Doesn't it just, like... <laughs> I feel very, like, viscerally... Like, did you, like, blood pressure? Just yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I, um... Like, but like, see, that's, like, a little bit different. That's what... See, what I was saying, and also I used the word... I said semiotics. I meant semantics. So, but that, you know, the, like people don't feel like they have to hide behind that anymore. Now they exactly, feel like they can exactly. So that shifted to this. That where... is so blatant. It's almost cartoonish. It is. It's like it's a, disgusting. It's like cartoon racism. Like who says that? Wetsigan flag. Kiss my ass for real. No, I saw a tag. Um, someone tagged a wall, and I was like one hundred, like one hundred percent make racists afraid again mm-hmm. which yeah. is like so fucking real like so many of us so so many of us i remind myself 2.5 million more of us are really struggling and mm-hmm. trying to deal with this and and knowing that there are so many of us that are are trying to work through this and are willing to like fight back against this bullshit and like are basically you know not going to be silenced by all of this does give me some kind of hope but ultimately this this notion like this isn't about and I think we said this on the uh, the election propaganda episode. This this really isn't about politics anymore. Like I don't yeah. give a shit if you're a Democrat or Republican. This is this is about racism and mm-hmm. xenophobia and horrible misogyny being normalized and like transphobia, Tra- and yeah, like homophobia. This and- is about human rights. This is like I don't care what your political affiliations are. I do not give a shit at this moment. Like this is about something much much bigger than that and like if you you know happen to be on the conservative side and maybe you think that trump was the right choice and you think that liberals are just being crybabies i'm sorry but you're you're missing the point because this isn't this isn't us crying because we lost no no one gives a shit about that like that's Mm. not what this is about this is about people's livelihood like people like I can I mean speak from my personal experience like my anxiety has like been through the roof since this election just because I'm like worried for people yeah I'm worried about what's gonna happen next I'm like scared for the the sheer fact that like all of this horrible racist violence has been erupting since this really trashy man was elected and like it's scary it's no it's 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 really frightening i'm afraid that i'm gonna end up in jail because i'm a confrontational person and i'm also a mexican in the sense that i have mexican parents my whole family's in mexico my parents are from mexico they're here legally by the way i was born here but i very much identify as being Mexican because it's a culture it's not really a race you know but you know just the other day just a couple days ago that it was on Thanksgiving I was at the store with my dad and my dad is kind of an I wouldn't call him a cholo but he's sort of like a old Mexican guy and he grew up in San Francisco so he's very much like kind of like a like a he has that kind of like cholo attitude but he's also 67 all right and he wears a lot of shirts with like the Aztec calendar on it or the particular shirt he was wearing on this day was like kind of a long thing that said like I'm Mexican not Hispanic not Latino not blah 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 
And, um, and you know, I was kind of like, oh, dad, like your shirt. And, <laughs> and I love him because he's very much like, you know, he, he likes to be outspoken. And someone at the store was just staring at my dad and staring at his shirt. And I got very annoyed at this person and they wouldn't stop staring. And this person was with their like wife or whatever and was like kind of whispering and like saying something. And I was just like, do you have a problem? And like got really confrontational, you know, because I'm protective of my dad and and he's old and I don't want anyone picking any fights of him or anything because I don't want anything to happen to him. And I'm just thinking like that ended up being nothing, but I'm already so on edge and I feel like, because I am someone who wears my culture on my sleeve and it's a part of my identity, I feel like at some point over the next four years, I'm going to get into a fight, if not like a couple, because <laughs> I feel so on edge and defensive about what I feel is a personal attack. For yeah. sure. And I think that's a very real thing, too, is um a lot of people are really angry right now and a lot of people are feeling a whole gamut of emotions and I think it's 100% justified and obviously like you have to figure out ways to like deal with those things and channel those things but but this notion that everyone's just gonna be okay with this is ridiculous Uh, like I mean I I can like once again just speaking from the art history babes point (laughs) of view but we're gonna fight every step of the way yeah um and I mean to the nail. Yeah, exactly. And one once again, trying, you know, trying to find any slight silver lining you can find in a situation like this. Right. One great thing that has kind of been happening is that um, our boy, Bernie Sanders, <laughs> and Elizabeth Warren have kind of taken over the Democratic Party. I miss you, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is dope as shit. And, like, it gives me hope because literally every day I see both of them, like, just, like, we are going to fight right. Donald Trump right. every step of right. the way, uh, like, on this this horrible nationalist agenda of his and it's like thank you right um oh captain my captain (laughs) (laughs) um and this whole thing is really hard to deal with i think we're all gonna try and channel our anger into into fighting production yeah and that's that's the that's another silver lining as well because there's so much more and i mean already there's a great outpouring of tremendous writing like actual journalism with actual facts which is another thing we could totally go off and we'll we'll do it another time yeah (laughs) but um so when you look at shit times like this the thing to keep in mind is that like out of these shit times comes a lot of really thought-provoking art and I mean that in like the broadest sense not just um art in kind of the terms of that that we talk about but also in terms of writing and more and more people are reading things and watching things and trying to kind of get ideas out and and this sort of climate of producing things to kind of generate more awareness and more thought because we need to think more. Yeah. We really need to fucking think more. For real. If nothing else that That's we can take we away here in from the this. first place. Yeah. Exactly. I saw a tweet um the other day I don't remember who was like a comedian or something and it was like it sure is a great time to be alive if you're dumb and mean (laughs) yeah willful ignorance it's time to die yeah and I mean if we're gonna follow the whole Zizekian theory this was in his eyes the better option because now everything's out there and it's going to actually create real change I mean not only are all of these, like, racist, prejudiced people having a platform where they feel justified to say these things, but now those people are exposed and all of the people who are thoughtful and angry at these people are also, everything's out there. Yeah. And now we can work from there and versus pretending, like, we don't see color and shit like that. Like, oh there's no, you know, unless you have Stop saying that. blonde hair yeah. and you're if talking you to Trudy Trudy If I see or hear anybody say that, uh, I'll get in your face. Did you watch the, the 
Tommy Lehan. I only watched a few uh, minutes of it because uh, I was like, horrible. I saw the Flames. memes though. Yeah, <laughs> I saw the memes. She when she said like I was like you just said like the stereotypical like I'm a racist sentence like you right. just said yeah. it right. like, Honestly, like I don't see color it's, Are you it's serious? the ignorance yeah sentence. yeah it's the like I'm so ignorant that I can say this and it covers all my tracks I'm so ignorant that's to... what people want me to say right. they yeah. want me to yeah. say well, I'm so ignorant to oh. the problems faced by so many people in this country that are so much different than me that I can just say this thing and yeah it, well, I am absolved somehow I have a really hard time accepting like Zizek saying oh it's the better option that Trump became president because now there's going to be real change. I know some assholes who did vote for Trump with that mentality and I don't like those people and here's so I mean who knows right if that's the good thing because we haven't even been in the presidency yet we don't really know how it goes right Mm -hmm. we don't really know what's going to happen but if he comes into power and things like gay conversion camps become a common thing, um, just to give one example, no, okay? That doesn't make it a better option. It's a horrible situation. It's not okay. I don't see a silver lining. Maybe other people are seeing it. I don't see it's, it. No, you're right. You're right. I I. I had I had heard the Zizek argument. Like, I had listened to him talk about it before. Well, it's not just him. No, no, no. But I had... I, well, I wouldn't have taken it seriously from anyone else. Right. I'm just going to be honest. So I heard him say it. <laughs> For real. And it, it, I, I didn't think of it, like, being the better option, even hearing him say it. It's right. just... That is the revolutionary mentality. And right. that is, like, every revolution right. that's ever happened. Right. There could have been... And, you know, and we talked about it in our class, and we all did. Right. Where, like, there were moments... There's two types of revolutions, and there's, like, the slow roll, and then there's, like, the right. abrupt. Right. And what we're headed for is probably the slow roll. Definitely. But if it hadn't happened, it would have just continued... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think... I don't think Zizek thinks Trump he is horrible. a yeah, good option. No, no, and he does not. And <laughs> yeah. I know that he doesn't. It's yeah, just I don't think I've, he's excited about I'm just this. saying that I've heard that argument from people. Right. And you've and probably I, heard it like I'm just, simplified it's hard, right. people. And right. I've heard it and, it's and hard I've just to been like, shut up. Like, it's, no. But here's the thing. If there's going to be a revolution, I just hope, like, and this is important because I think that there's a big problem with the anti-Trump movement, which is we need to be like ever vigilant of fragmentation among the opposition. And this is like real important, you guys. And I'm seeing it already with people who are villainizing. I just heard it the other night and this is very like, you know, anecdotal, but I'm at a bar and someone's talking about, well, you know, I went to this anti-Trump rally in the city, which for us, the city means San Francisco. San Francisco. And, um, and, and this person was villainizing the fact that there was white men there with dreadlocks playing in a drum circle and like talking mad shit that there were just these people there. And if you've ever been in California, there's a lot of those people. And, and it's, and I just thought it was so petty. What was their particular? They were just mad. They were like, oh, like, you know, these, they're white? these white cis men with their drum circles and their dreadlocks appropriating culture. And then like, they don't even know what they're doing. I... They're just there because they think it's cool. And they're just taking selfies and uploading it on Instagram. And I'm like, excuse me, that's bodies that are present in, in a support, demonstration yeah, and yeah. support. Being peaceful and... Exactly. And that's what Exerting I'm, their right, yeah. And I had a huge argument with this person, and it was so frustrating, and I just was having the worst time trying to convey to this person, hey, don't villainize this group of people that were there because you think that white cis males that play bongos don't have like a right <laughs> yeah. to you know it's like I understand both sides of it but if there's going to be a revolution there needs to be a united front well, against the evil well we're also we're just kind of at a place and this it all ties together like this is part of the reason why Trump came to be is we're at this place where we have so many social justice warrior right. mentalities yeah. which 
I, I don't think is bad, but it's to the point where if you're on that side of things, sometimes everything gets villainized. Yeah, like, no matter what you say. No matter, and, and what happens there is, is like, you lose sight of, of people being humans and people having their own experiences. And, you know, it's like, literally, like, we live, to quote Bell Hooks, we live in a <laughs> white supremacist supremacist capitalist patriarchy we live in that that is the society we live in and what's important to remember about that is we are all implicated by that Mm -hmm. that's a society we live in in the society we grew up in so we all every single one of us has been formed by those ideas like we're feminist through and through the fact like we have internalized misogyny and that's something that education can make you aware of and Mm -hmm. it can make you it can make you work past likewise you know like internalized racism or inter like all of these things are so multi-layered and they're part of a toxic society so just because somebody says one thing that by someone else could be read as not considerate of a certain group doesn't make them the bad party it means that they are part of this toxic society and the only way to get past it in my opinion is education the more you learn absolutely you learn you become more aware when you you know better you do better and it's an everyday process like my feminism becomes better every single day yeah like every single day it changes and i learn new things and i recognize new behaviors in myself that maybe were problematic absolutely so this this notion that there are that everyone needs to be demonized like Mm -hmm. that's not getting anyone anywhere because no matter how how good you are on your like social justice information like Somewhere down the line, you're going to fuck up, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah, don't get caught up in, um, oh, I'm the perfect feminist, or I'm the perfect anti-right person, or, yeah. or whatever. That's so, that's just generating internal conflict, weakening what could be a united front against this horrible thing that's happening to our country. I saw another Facebook friend of mine posted something, he's in... Europe and uh, he had been talking to a black girl at a club and he's very like white like Swedish looking white and someone came up to him and started explaining how by him talking to her he was exerting his white male privilege by being in a powerful position and that that's why she was more attracted to him like but doing it and not explaining like the idea in like a educational way but like shaming him Mm. about it and making him feel bad for like talking to this girl and it's like that's so it's so deconstructive to like what we should be doing and talking about and like and I and I think it yeah I think that kind of a thing very much relates back to how this election happened because I think a lot of people who maybe are not as you know like we are very much entrenched in a liberal university like we learn these ideas on a daily basis it's part of our community that we have here it's part of our atmosphere um not everyone has that life like everyone has different lifestyles and there are so many different you know ways to go about like living your life and learning like throughout this entire country and i think this whole while it while it's great like i think you know obviously feminism is great and yes. i think i think all of these i don't just like becoming more knowledgeable and and calling people out for problematic behavior i do think all of that is super positive but when you're doing it in this very like um a dogmatic yeah dogmatic confrontational way all that does is make people who maybe don't quite understand it feel shamed and Mm -hmm. and feel the need to retaliate which is not okay especially when it's when they're acting in harmless behavior like yeah and i'm sure there are times when it's maybe a little bit more of a gray area but like the two examples that we thought of like there's nothing inherently yeah, aggressive. Yeah, yeah don't or, get me wrong. If someone, yeah. like, like there are definitely instances where behavior is super problematic and yes. needs to be fucking called out right, right. away. Not saying, like, yeah. if someone is 
you know, shouting racial racial slurs, like, you right. fucking get in that person's face. Or if someone is, like, you know, making a rape joke, you're like, no, that's bullshit. Yeah. But if someone is kind of maybe doing something that shows their privilege, that's a different story. And I think we need to be a little more understanding of, of that and, and approach it more so in a way of, like, trying to educate as opposed to shaming. Mm-hmm. And picking and choosing the right setting to do so, because not every setting is an appropriate time to educate. I mean, leading by example and putting a halt to bad behavior or, you know, like you were saying, if someone makes an inappropriate comment is one thing, but just going out of your way to educate someone out of the blue in a certain setting is not appropriate. But I mean, or it, helpful. It does like, like the whole thing is a gray area. And I mean, I've, I've, I know I've had this conversation with you, Natalie. Like, I do think people deserve to be angry. I don't think mm-hmm. people deserve yeah. to be silenced in any way. Mm-mm. Express what you need to express. You deserve to have the feelings you were having about this situation. Yes. And, um, and we all are having, you know, a whole myriad of, of feelings. Like, do that. But I also think, on um, at the same time, I don't. We need to figure out how to have conversations with yeah, each other because mm-hmm. that's that's where you and I didn't disagree, but got into a conversation mm-hmm. about it because you were a little more in the camp of being expressive, and I was a little more in the camp of just trying to stay at the table. And I think we're on the same page. It's just like even yeah. even that, like even us who have the same exact view, like figuring out how to do this in a really yeah. Like, we're all still figuring it out. Yeah. We really, it's no, and it's, it's but that's hard. been like a really interesting thing. Like the days after the election, like I, my boyfriend and I got into some like really intense arguments, and it's like we are on the same team. <laughs> like we are one hundred percent on the same team here, and we got into some really because you know emotions were high, mm-hmm. and we were both handling it differently Mm -hmm. and we got into some really intense arguments because we just didn't know what to do and I think that that's a real thing that's happening yeah all like no one really knows what to do so I think the best thing we can do is is be sensitive be patient let people feel and let people approach it the way they need to um and also when you can when you like it's it's been such a roller coaster like there are days where I am angry as hell and I just like am about ready to like go off on people and that is just what it is and then the next day or the next hour I am feeling very calm and I'm ready to have a very collected conversation with someone who thinks very differently than I am than I do and like I mean we're all allowed to have those changes of heart and that kind of roller coaster experience let that happen when you are capable of having those calm, collected conversations with people, mm-hmm. do it. I think they're really important. Don't expect yourself to be able to do that all the time, though, either. Right. Take care of yourself. Uh, go hang out with like-minded friends and just fucking <laughs> rant. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. Drink and rant yes. with people that you know are on your team. That really helps. Um, and then, obviously... Pop a volume and talk to someone who's on the opposing team. Yeah. <laughs> on the opposing Don't do it sober, but... Yeah. You yeah. know. Or a friend of mine actually... Sedate yourself slightly and then do it. A friend of or mine... Or get pumped and do it and just <laughs> go all out. Get pumped. Take some, like, GHB and do it. Um, I'm, like, the devil on your shoulder, <laughs> by the way. A friend of mine posted something recently, and once again, interestingly, he and I 100% on the same team here, and I agreed with a lot of what he was saying. I also disagreed with things that he was saying. <laughs> um, and, like, he had this whole thing. He wrote up, like, a blog post, and he quoted Aristotle, and I was like, fuck Aristotle. He was like, oh, come on. I know. <laughs> I know, okay, right? Wait, fuck Aristotle. Who, who quotes Aristotle <laughs> in 2016? Get the fuck out my face. Fuck that guy. Aristotle is wrong about everything, guys. Um, <laughs> but but don't get me wrong. Honestly, though, this this dude who wrote this is a really good dude, oh, and I believe you. He is. He's really smart. We will really, hold it against him. <laughs> really great guy. And he he had a this post, and he talked about it is really important that we're talking to the other side. But he brought up a really important point that it's necessary that we're talking to the other side about 
things other than politics. Like, we need to remind each other that we're all human. Yeah. So, reaching out to the other side and just talking to them about their, like, hopes and dreams is actually, like, a really important thing to do. Yeah, like, go go to your neighbor who voted for the other person and talk to them about what's going on in their daily life. Mm-hmm. Um because right now yeah like we're we're incredibly divided and it's because like even like issues like racism they come down to the fact that certain people are dehumanized yes we all need to remind everyone that everyone is a human and in these situations where you may have disagreements with people who you're on the same side as like that just goes to show how difficult it is going to be overcoming the differences between the opposing sides because if it's and I mean I've had the same situation with people where I have the same goal like end goal with that getting there we completely disagree so like it's just a cluster it like is. it's gonna it's gonna be are, messy and it's gonna be hard and I think America has had if anything if this whole like whatever America was that some people imagine that it was fantastic. Yeah. It's still so had a track undefined. record. They've had a track record of um, sweeping big issues under the rug and presenting a really clean facade and kind of eliminating the messiness of mm-hmm. life and history and all of these things. And we need to stop doing that. Speaking of, I don't know if any of you have watched this. On Netflix, there's a series, um, The Untold History of the United States. Yes. It's so good! Um, Watch it. (laughs) Watch it. It very much, and it's not in a, it's in a very straightforward, like, this is exactly what happened, but it gives you a picture that is a lot fuller than what you probably learned in your U.S. history class in high school. (laughs) Um, And it it shows you how, um, it reminds you that the United States is a part of this thing we like to call the world. <laughs> and there's a lot more the world. going on out there. Um, and we are not the most important aspect of it. We are just a portion of it. What? What? <laughs> Haven't you seen the maps? How big we are? How, how in the center we are? We're so important. Um, <laughs> That's actually how the world looks, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not contorted at all. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously, we're not pretending to have all the answers. We're just as confused as the rest of you. If you are lost and confused and want to... <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? That's Why? really interesting. I'm desecrating the wine. It's called a spritzer. I've oh, never seen it done with red, though. I haven't either. either. I know, I've but you know it what? Like... It'll taste fine. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to detract from no, this very fine. serious conversation. Just I just watered down my wine with fizzy water, you guys. And the other girls are very distraught. It's a, <laughs> I am a, a distressing thing. This I am is about a as sacrilege as it gets to I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I just need to not be like totally trashed yet again in a podcast. So um, I'm drinking mixed wine. Can I have uh, some sips of this for real? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you may. So I think this is going to turn into its own little mini episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We were originally going to keep going and have a long episode, but we're just gonna, we're gonna This just... is like our welcome back to, yeah. to us. Yeah. We yes. had to talk about it. I mean, <laughs> we weren't gonna not talk about it. Yeah, exactly. We this is a decompression. Yeah, this is our election decompress episode. And we've missed you all, and we just... Well, we love you all. Oh my god, and you guys are so And we've so been thinking sweet. about you all. You are. You guys are like the sweetest guys. Like, I was I was just thinking about you guys. All you listeners, and how great you are, and how you missed us while we were gone. And you know what? We missed you too. And you're our friends. Um, and we appreciate you. We really do. And we are going to do some listener mail at the end of this. But before we do, oh there's god. a few other things I want to touch on. And it's election business because it's important. Oh my god. <laughs> um, uh, first off, I also, I haven't talked to you guys about this yet, but it, I'm at least planning to. Um, there's the worldwide, like, not worldwide. Um, worldwide Web. The WWW. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, the countrywide um, march. march that's going on on Inauguration Day. Um, and there's one in San Francisco that I... And Oakland. Oh, whoa. And there's one in San Francisco one. (laughs) There's one in Sacramento, too. Oh. Um, 
But it's basically, I mean, it started, It's there's going to be, going to be one in Washington mm-hmm. on Inauguration Day. Um, it basically just took off and now they're all over the country. Literally yeah. all over. It's any, fantastic. Any major city is probably having one. Um, and it's, it's basically like it's not necessarily supposed to be, you know, anti-Trump, but it is pro- But it basically is. But it's, it's, the idea is pro-rights, pro-human rights, pro-women's rights, show up with your human rights with signs. Your, with your red berets. Yes, with your red berets. Um, and- Jenny will be wearing hers. Well, I'm gonna get one. And we'll march. Um, so yeah, our history babes are gonna be at one of those marches. Yeah. If yes. you're in the United States, we encourage you to be at one. If you're outside of the United States and want to show some love, go just for go, it. Just go outside. A, a friend of mine told me about a, a protest in Paris of mostly French women, and they were chanting, keep your hands away from my pussy. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, that's amazing. That is amazing. And bravo French ladies, yeah. or uh, bravo, mm. that's Italian, but you get it. Get involved in any march that you can, any any charities that may be needing help, mm-hmm. cough, cough, Planned Parenthood. Um, oh, yeah. Stephen yeah. um, Colbert gives a great list at the end of his episode. His oh, yeah, he does. Episode. So does John Oliver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. That is what I meant. I meant John Oliver. Yeah. They're both adorable men with glasses. I and know. They're brunettes. They are. So, um, yeah. Charities that may be needing your help. There are so many ways to get active. You know, we're obviously using our platform that we have to talk about these things. Use your platforms. Whatever platforms you got, use them. Um, That's how how this 21st century world works. Yeah. (laughs) Use those platforms. Um, Last thing to go out on, want to talk about the time cover. Yes. Okay, so Donald Trump was named Person of the Year. Oh! Um, And he was on the cover of Time. There is a great article, which we will post on the website for y'all, about this cover. And it is actually an amazing piece of subversive artwork. Yes. Um, So, just quick rundown of of what's going on with this. Obviously, the idea of Donald Trump being person of the year makes me want to puke. But it comes from this kind of idea this tradition that like the person of the year is usually the most influential yes. person of the year it's true right. it's and not inherently yeah. positive no exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm it, sure in 1938 hitler would have been the person of he, the year he was, he was. oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, wow that's the thing wow uh, <laughs> would you bet that <laughs> wowie <laughs> you know your history carry on <laughs> So, um, so yes, Time Magazine has had this tradition, uh, person of the year is the most influential person of the year, and people such as Joseph Stalin and Adolf Hitler have been named Time's person of the year. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, not an inherently, uh, it's not meant to be positive positive. thing, always. Um, it's just that they were influential. More interestingly, if you look at this image, which we will post, which we will post, (laughs) and this, my friends, is why art history is so important. Fuck yeah! Because learning how to read images matters. I'm so juiced right now. (laughs) If anyone gives you shit for being into art history and they're like, you just play them what we're about to tell you and you show them this article. Exactly, because learning how to read images is so important. Clap back. Um, I know they show up on beautiful. Um, (laughs) sound, sound is neat. Um, (laughs) anyways, so this image, and we'll post the article that goes more in depth, but it one is very reminiscent of Hitler's cover on the Time magazine. Yes, um, not okay. It shows Donald Trump, uh, sitting for some people to see. Sitting in this chair, um, which, as is discussed, could very much be read as a throne. He, the image has been faded. It, it, you know, has that like Instagram filter to make it look old. Um, once again, hearkening back to this notion of history and, yes. and you know the whole "Make America Great Again." Right, like, things were better in a past time. 
So it's it's basically framing him as you know, trying to use history to his advantage. And the chair is very antique. It looks like a chair straight out of the Third Reich, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Um, it's specifically More Louis the uh, uh the fifteenth, yeah, fifteenth or sixteenth, fourteenth, because it's Lou, it's the Louis right before the Revolution, French Revolution, the fifteenth. Okay, so it's a vintage Louis the Fifteenth chair. It's a very nice chair. Yeah, actually. it is. Um, but but it ha- oh, it's so subtly brilliant. It is because it's obviously it's referencing French kings and the ostentatiousness of mm-hmm. French kings. Did he know? Um, Did he know? I doubt. Oh, Trump know. had no idea. Oh my god, <laughs> time knew. Oh, time. This yes. is that's another thing that's very important. This is 100% intentional. Yes. This is not oh just God. just some crazy thing we're pulling every, out of our asses. Every detail is was consciously presented. Even this from is so like so the chair itself has some kind of wear and tear in it. So it's representing something that it has very distinct monarchical links specifically to a king that was overthrown by the French Revolution and then it has these like distress marks in the back of the mm-hmm. chair. So it oh it's so oh good. it's so good and it's as, so good <laughs> and as the article points out the chair not only suggests the blindly ostentatious reigns of the French kings just before the revolution but also more specifically the reign of Louis the Fifteenth who according to historian Norman Davies paid more attention to hunting women and stags than to governing the country oh. and whose reign was marked by debilitating stagnation recurrent wars, and perpetual financial crisis. In parentheses, sound familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, all of that, so important. Also, there is this aspect that many people have been pointing out, which is just kind of funny, is that the red M in time is placed directly above Donald Trump's head. So good. And it looks like devil's horns, (laughs) which is kind of just hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all in all, this cover is re- it's incredibly subversive. It's hilarious. It's very intentional. He's making that stupid fucking face <laughs> that he makes all the fucking time. Um it it is saying something with an image, you know, like obviously people are writing about it and we have words to help explain it, but the image itself says a lot if you're willing to look. Yes. Read the image. Um read it. Read it. Oh. So um, was that 1938? The I'm going to freak out. <laughs> right. oh, it might have been earlier. Okay. Ending on kind of an art historical note. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Also, our next episode is going to be on the yes. reactionary... Oh, it was 1938. 1938. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Jen, look Jen, at you. Jen called it. I didn't even know you guys. So our next episode is going to be about the one of the most important artists of our time, the super reactionary, super political Ai Weiwei, who is a very important person to be thinking about right now because yes. he knows how to take art and make it say something about politics and society and to, once again, use his platform to help people yeah. and uh, raise awareness about things. So we're... Looking forward to talking about him. We'll end it with a listener mail from our friend Frederick. I'll read it. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Jen loves reading the listener. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I, you, yeah, you know what? I really do. <laughs> hey, art history babes! I discovered your podcast through Reddit. What? That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Through Reddit. And boy, oh boy, am I happy I checked it out. I just finished your Bob Ross episode, and I cried a lot. (laughs) Oh, we cried too. (laughs) I just wanted to say I'm so thankful for what you guys are doing, because art history is not the most popular subject, and it's so chill to get to hear you guys talk about it the way it should be, drunk and with passion. That's what's up. Oh, it's so good. As an introverted student, it's really hard for me to make friends at university, and I end up not really being able to share thoughts on all the things I'm learning. It's very frustrating and alienating, so it really was a relief when I stumbled upon the art history babes. Anyways, you're all doing a beautiful job, and I enjoy every episode. Thank you so much for doing this, heart. Sincerely, 
Frederick. Oh, that makes me like want to cry. Oh, I'm gonna get really emotional. Go out with you. I was like, wow. Like I felt like that too. I felt so alienated when I was doing my undergrad. I just and, didn't talk to people about well, it. Well, yeah, like, I felt like my major was, like, stupid, and I was always kind of ashamed to be, like, oh, majoring in art history, and I felt like I couldn't really make friends, and it was frustrating, and it was alienating. So, Frederic, um, I know what that feels like, and um, all I can say is that it's definitely felt a lot more inclusive and... I've made many more friends as a graduate student, and so if you are an undergrad and you're considering going on to do a master's or PhD, whatever higher degree you might be interested in, um, I think you might feel a lot more at home and like you'll have a lot more in common with the people you're working with. Definitely. For sure. Um, we've obviously had a great experience with each other with grad school and yeah, and, and I don't know, there there are people out there. There are other art history nerds out there and they're out there. We appreciate you yes. as a fan. We, we appreciate do. you. We appreciate yeah. you. Thank you, Frederick. Thanks Thank for reaching out. Your name is great. Yeah. Also. You have a beautiful name. name. We're not so gonna much, say the last name. So much panache. But it's very lyrical. Thank you so much for sending fan mail. We we have so much of it right now, and we're trying to make our way through it. It's like Christmas. It is. It's so exciting every time we get to read it. So yeah, send us emails if you like us. Write us a review on iTunes. Yeah. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, like us on Facebook as well as any other platform. Uh, you can find us at arthistorybabes.com. Um, we're on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. And we're on all of it. And we're on everything. We're on all of it. SoundCloud. <laughs> SoundCloud. But thank you for listening to us uh, just release about uh, the state of things here in the United States of America. We'd be happy to hear any like thoughts you guys are having on this stuff, too. Um, obviously, Let's have a discourse. Yeah, let's have a discourse. Um, these things are important. You know, this kind of strays a away from art, but but also is very, very important to art. So, um... Art is politics. Yeah, exactly. Art is life. <laughs> art is um, love. So if you... Yes, please um, email us with your thoughts, concerns, questions. We would love to hear that. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. You're beautiful. Don't fret. Bye. Good night. <laughs> From cat